Good morning. There we go. Zoom people, we can't hear you. Sorry, I'm setting my stopwatch. That's for you guys. <laughs> well, it's good to, good to be uh, here with you guys this morning. Um, I hope that you guys are doing well. Um, my name's Ethan. I, I get the privilege of getting to share God's word with you this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to be continuing in our series uh, here in the, the book of Hebrews, more like the sermon of Hebrews. And, um, you know, I'm going to try to do some things. I'm going to build on what we've done previously. Um, and again, under the assumption that we are reading uh, through the book of Hebrews uh, every week. And so um, that what that enables me to do is I don't have to get bogged down in the, the details and the language. We could just preach. We can just let Hebrews preach to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah. The book of Hebrews is like Kendrick and I'm like little John. I'm just the hype guy. All right. Okay, maybe no, you're okay. So, anyways, what we're gonna do before I say anything else silly is let's pray. Father in heaven, we are blessed to be your children. We're so grateful that we get to gather together in your name, and Father, that that there's nothing that will be able to prevent us from worshiping you. As we consider, Father, what our spiritual ancestors who received uh, the letter to the Hebrews, what they were dealing with, the persecution, the struggles, the hardships, the trials. Father, in a small way, we can relate with things going on now, but God, even still. But I'm grateful, Father. I'm grateful for the ways that you enable us to to connect together, to remain connected through Zoom, here in person, precautions, all that, Father. Father, we love you. We pray as we dig into your word this morning. We know you have a message for each one of us. You have a message for us together, collectively, as your people. I pray that we sit and listen to your word, open hearts and open minds. God, I pray for myself to get out of the way, get out of the way of your word, and let you to speak clearly, Father. We love you. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Right on. Well, today's message is going to be continuing. We're in in Hebrews chapter 10. So if you want to kind of flip there, we're going to settle there for most of the time. Um, And and the the reading for this week was marked as verses 19 through 31. I'm just letting you know, I'm going to focus more on verses 19 through 26, because the remaining verses are going to blend very well with the message for next week. Okay, That's, that's a little caveat for you if you feel like I'm leaving something out. All right. So before we dive into this passage, I, I, I want to provide an, an illustration that I feel like may, may be helpful, prayerfully will be helpful. <clears throat> and so this idea that we're wrapping up here, this, this, the author of Hebrews is wrapping up this, this argument on why we should have confidence in Jesus, why it matters that Jesus is high priest. And just the, the, the sheer confidence, the sheer boldness that the original hearers of this message would be feeling, that they could enter into the sanctuary. I want to think about this. Let's back up a second. Let's, let's, I'm going to put this in terms maybe we can kind of identify with in, in some way. It's not going to be perfect, but I want you to imagine. Uh, raise your hand if you feel confident right now that you could go to D.C. And I'm speaking in generalities. This is not political, okay? I just have to say that. But imagine you go to D.C. Raise your hand if you feel confident you can go up to the, the White House 
Uh, knock on the front door and just go speak to the president. Raise your hand real quick. Bold. <laughs> you guys are bold. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you tried, what do we know? What would happen to you? <laughs> yeah. And it's, if somehow you made your way into the White House and you're like, I'm going to find the Oval Office. I'm going to find the president where he's working. So you just start wandering around. You may, I don't know how you do this, but slip your way through security, secret service, it's impossible, but you do. Would you have the confidence to just enter into the Oval Office and just go talk to them? No. What would happen to you? At that point, it would no longer be five to ten years. We're talking six feet under, right? <laughs> Dunzo. Can you imagine there was a time where President Jefferson, back in the early 19th century, you could go knock on the White House door. And it was rumored he could answer you in his gown and slippers. Come on in. And he would lounge on the couch and talk to you. Can you imagine that? What? No. It wasn't until early 20th century with Roosevelt with their secret service protecting the president, right? But there was a time where you could just go knock in and walk in and hang out with the president and talk and have a casual conversation. All right, see you later. See you next week. I don't know, right? We can't fathom that now. No way. In an even greater way, this is how our spiritual ancestors would have grappled with this idea of being able to enter into the sanctuary, into behind the curtain. There's no way. Only certain people can do that, and they have to be special. They have to be prepared in a certain way. And, yeah, if you entered, donezo. Donezo, I don't know. That's the word of the day. <laughs> so I hope that helps. Let's go to, uh, he- actually, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> Sorry, I've been teaching. Uh, well, that's what I do. I teach. I've been lecturing a lot recently at work. I've been losing my voice. Okay? So please bear with me. <clears throat> All right, Hebrews 4, starting in verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. <clears throat> so we, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Okay, flip back with me to Hebrews 10. starting here in 19. See if you can pick up on some similarities. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our body purified with pure water. Sound familiar? You hear the parallels there? What the author is doing here is he's bringing kind of an end, what we've been talking to, talking about for the past couple of weeks, 
on Jesus being greater than Aaron in the old covenant ministry. <clears throat> and here Jesus is closing out this argument. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The author is closing out this argument, creating this nice little bookend to why Jesus is greater than the old covenant ministry, why Jesus is high priest. And what he's doing here is something brilliant. He's packing in all of that awesome theology he was teaching. And he's adding that into what he said in Hebrews 4. Brilliant stuff here. Brilliant stuff. <clears throat> Let's keep reading in Hebrews 10 where we left off. We left off in verse 22. So we'll pick up in verse 23 here. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. This is awesome for me. I'm super excited. It's not often you get to preach on a passage that has three points built in. <laughs> I'm going to try to stay out of the way. <clears throat> what we're going to do this morning is we're going to touch on those three points, maybe share a couple thoughts or illustrations with you, and we'll take communion afterwards. But the word of God is speaking to us this morning. Amen. This entire message is hinging on the confidence that we have because of Jesus. You cannot move forward. You cannot move forward in the book of Hebrews. You cannot move forward in this sermon. You cannot move forward as a believer without having confidence in who Jesus is. It, It rests on this. Okay. We cannot emphasize that enough. Unfortunately, we often get confidence from other places. Our own abilities, affirmation from other people, maybe our status, prestige, our job title, whatever it might be. But don't get it twisted. These things simply don't matter when it comes to approaching God. God doesn't care what people think about you. He doesn't care what your status is. He doesn't care what you're able or not able to do. What does matter is what Jesus has done. That Jesus has entered before us and created a way that we can follow in. And that's what these verses are about. Amen? Man, this is going to be a rough one. I'm just going to hold my cup. So let us draw, there's three lettuce, lettuces here. Lettuces. Okay. The first one is about drawing near with a, with a true heart. The second is about holding on to hope. The last one is for us to consider one another. Now, something I want to note here before we move on into the first one is that these directives are for us they're not for you me as individuals this is for us together as a family as a people amen amen all right so let us draw near with a true heart let let me read this passage one more time here in verse 22 the author says let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. This idea of a true heart connotes uh, being real, being genuine, being loyal. So it means to have a true heart. 
And I think you can get, bu- building on what we've talked about, that would be amazing. Oh, you're awesome. What is it? Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, is that ginger? Very nice. I'm being a little bit in too informal. Excuse me. Let me back up a step here. Let's draw near to God with a true heart. True heart being real, genuine, and loyal. We can understand how if you get caught up in a religious system, a rigid set of rules, legalism, it would be really easy to not have a true heart. You can go into autopilot heart, whatever you want to call it. And it may be silly, this idea of faith and full assurance. They might sound, to have faith means you don't have full assurance, right? They seem contradictory almost. Yet, in the Bible, faith it suggests a firm place, or a firm trust placed in God, who has shown himself to be faithful in dealing with his people. So let's be clear on a couple things here with this point that I'd like to share with you, encourage you, okay? Drawing near is not limited to being here right now, to coming to a church service or midweek, whatever it might be. Drawing near to God is about cultivating lives in which we practice being in the daily presence of God. Is that, is that good or I could, if I could scream that from the rooftops, I would scream that from the rooftops. That's what having a true heart is about for us today. This has to do, uh, this has to do with having deep involvement in the life of the church, not just showing up and participating. Okay. I'm going to be really real here. I'm going to be really real. I'm not calling anybody specific out. But how does sitting down in a pew on Sunday morning bring life to the church if you aren't living it during the week? Okay. Calling myself out there. How does, and you could say that about anything, right? How's your involvement in the life of the church? We often yearn for the wrong things in life. What are you yearning for today? It's easy to let our, our bodies kind of rule us, our desires. What are you yearning for? When you wake up in the morning, are you already thinking about meetings at work or those appointments? Or those things you have to do or that you didn't do yesterday? When you go to bed at night, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? What are you yearning for? What are your energies and efforts being drawn to? I'm just, I'm just throwing out questions. <laughs> These are like quiet time questions. These are, I'm going to go on a prayer walk and talk to God questions. Yeah, maybe that's what you need to do. If you're like, I don't know. Maybe that's what you need to do. Draw near to God with a true heart. There's some cool stuff here. Um, Something I want to point out to you. 
It says, drawing near in full assurance of faith with our hearts, the inner man is what hearts is, right? Our hearts sprinkled clean and our bodies washed with pure water inside and out. Inside and out. Jesus has made us clean inside and out. You remember Brandel's sock illustration last week? No stain. Gonzo. (laughs) Staying on theme. Let's let's move here. Let's go to verse 23. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. You know, this idea of not wavering, uh, the mental picture I got, I don't know why this is so weird, but like a flag waving, right? And have you seen the moon landing with the flag? It's not waving, <laughs> right? To, to <laughs> it's such weird imagery to get, right? But that's what it means. It means to not bend. It means to be, to be straight, to be stable in, in, in our hope. Our hope is grounded in the person and the work of Jesus. It's not grounded in our own work. It's not grounded in our own work. We could stop right there. <laughs> it's not grounded in our work. It's grounded in the work of Jesus and who he is. And it, it's, about, it's about not being moved by changing circumstances. This was the condition of our spiritual ancestors who received this letter. You ask us about the pandemic and we'll open up and we'll talk about it. You ask them about the pandemic and they'll say, which one? Right? What do you think about that political corruption? Um, Which one? (laughs) Like everything that we're experiencing, they were experiencing to the max, right? The point is, we don't have the resources within ourselves to succeed and carry out the mission of the church. We don't have that. That's the point. That's the whole point of it. We must deliberately choose to draw near to God and not ourselves. I'm going to read this quote here from a commentary I was reading. It's awesome. Uh, by George Guthrie, it says, but in the end of the day, we must rest in the goodness, the resolve, and the faithfulness of God who has promised an inheritance to his children. We hold on even as he holds us and takes us all the way to the end of the path. Because of the confidence that we have in who Jesus is, we can hold on to God as he holds on to us. Amen? Amen. I'll continue reading here in chapter 10. It says, Let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We love, Often we just kind of cut to this verse, right? <laughs> this is when we go to Hebrews 10, we're like, oh yeah, let us not give up meaning together. Guys, there's so much more going on here i'm going to read that again this is a awesome scholar by the name of tom wright did a his own translation of scripture and i just i just really like the way he phrases this he says let us as well stir up one another's minds 
to energetic effort in love and good works. That's awesome, isn't it? I can say that again. And also, it's on. It's actually it's the New Testament for everyone is the name of this translation. So if you want to check it out later, let us as well stir up one another's minds to energetic effort in love and good works. <clears throat> if you are confident in who Jesus is, what the scripture is saying is that it's up to you to help stir up that confidence in other disciples around you. Okay. It's up to you to stir up that confidence. It's not up to you to point and judge. It's not up for you to just turn away and be like, they got a lot of growing and maturing to do. It is up to you to stir up that confidence of who Jesus is in them. Amen. If we wish to hold on to Christian hope, the, the Christian hope of Jesus, the community of saints is vital. It is vital. And it offers a mix of accountability and encouragement. Neither are we self-made nor self-maintained. We need other people. I, mean, I, I should have shared this illustration before I said all that. This would have just... And then I could have stopped talking. The giant redwoods of... California, Northern California. Okay. Have you seen the pictures of the huge trees where they can literally carve tunnels out for cars to drive through massive trees? Okay. Somehow these trees survive, even though they have an incredibly shallow root system. How does that work? Of the, of the giant redwoods of California, their root systems may be shallow, but they're interlocking with one another. And that's how they stand up. Imagine a big, mighty, it looks amazing, but it's not interlocked with those around it. What's going to happen to that massive, awesome redwood? It'll fall down. And then what's its future? I don't know. <laughs> to rot? I don't know. We need one another. We need one another. I'll say that again. We're neither, neither self-made or self-maintained. We need one another. You know, it's real hard to get encouragement when you're isolated. It's real hard to have the confidence of Jesus stirred up inside of you when you're alone. And we already, I, I know what's going on in your head because it's going on in my head. We know folks around us that are in that position that are isolated or isolating or have a pattern of isolating. And we're all, what a shame. They'd be such an awesome disciple if they weren't like that. Let's take it upon ourselves to go to them and stir up the confidence of Jesus within them. Amen? I'm trying to take these, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to take the, the scripture we often take and we often put a certain spin on it. I'm trying to put a back spin on it. I'm trying to turn it back on us. It's all about our hearts. Amen? The original audience didn't have a church service like we do. They would come together for weekly meals, absolutely. But their connection came from living together in the community, supporting one another, offering food and shelter, protection. 
we say we're blessed because of the, the world we get to live in, the way we get to live, but I don't know if that's true. We're darn independent people. We're darn independent people. There's a dependence on one another that we truly do lack. You know, they didn't have that church service like we do. They met together throughout the week, every day. They had to. Do you have to? Do you feel that? Or is Sunday morning good enough? And when you can, Wednesday night. Where does falling away from the body begin? When someone stops, finally stops coming to Sunday morning service? Or is it when someone doesn't make spiritual connections throughout the week? God has a message for us this morning here in Hebrews 10. I hope we're listening. And I don't know what he's saying to you specifically through it. But do this. <clears throat> Close your eyes and, and do some we're do some mindfulness, right? A very millennial term to use, right? We're going to do some mindfulness. Close your eyes. And I want you to envision what would your small group be like if everybody wholeheartedly drew near to God with a true heart and, and gripped firm that, that confession of hope and always considered one another, encouraged one another, had that daily connection? What would your small group be like? What about your life ministry? Let's just say, what about the, what about the Wichita church? look like? What would that be like? What kind of impact would we have on the people around us? This is just three things, too. (laughs) Amen? Amen. You know, Jesus really, really, one of the brilliant things he did as a teacher was he instilled confidence in the goofiest group of guys. (laughs) But he instilled so much confidence in them. And guess what? He was thinking of us as well, and he wanted to instill that confidence in us as well. Let's turn to John 17. We'll read this. We'll let this rest on our hearts, and we'll take communion together, okay? John chapter 17. Starting in verse 20. These are the words of Jesus here. He's praying to God before he dies. This is what he has to say. My prayer is not for them alone, talking about his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, and they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those who have given me to be, I, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory 
the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may also be in them. Let's pray, okay? Let's pray together and we'll take communion. Father, we come before you. And as we let the words of Jesus rest in our hearts and our minds, we're reminded, God, of just how much you want us to be with you. How much Jesus wanted us to be with you. God, we pray so much what your word is speaking to our hearts this morning. That we don't become complacent. But Father, that because of the confidence we have in you, not because we think we're awesome, we have the best group, or whatever it might be, because of you, God, that we can be one as you are one. Father, we pray so much that we get to, and and we're grateful that we get to dwell with you as your church. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen.